620 Live, so that we may all speak boldly. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Thy hands hath made me, and fashioned me. Give me understanding, that I might learn thy commandments. They that fear thee will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in thy word. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou in faithfulness hast afflicted me. That Psalms chapter 119 verses 71 through 75. In case you had not realized this, the 119th chapter of Psalms is the longest of the Psalms by fairly wide margin. And it's long because it has a ton of information, of guidelines, of, you know, things like that in it. And I'm not saying that the rest of the Bible, you know, does not. It's just one of the reasons that Psalm 119 is so long is because it's a continuous, like, of of helping, of guiding, and probably some rambling thoughts that, you know, actually make sense. Um, I know usually, like, whenever I ramble or have those rambling thoughts, they just don't seem to make any kind of sense and jump from here to there, but, you know, these... Uh, these here in 119 go well with one another and are like continuous and, you know, things along those lines. Now, I'm not sure how many of you know this or, you know, have ever really thought about this, but suffering teaches us obedience. It also will teach us patience. And it takes both of these because we as humans are very slow to learn. A lot of us, you know, can learn by reading. A lot of us can learn by doing. Some of us learn, you know, both ways. But I want to look back at Suffering teaches obedience. What do I really mean by that? And it it goes back. Um, I, I can in fact give you an example of it. Whenever I was a you know much much younger Richard, and my granddaddy would tell me. You know, don't try to catch that bee. It'll hurt. He'll bite whenever, you know, if you catch him. 
Well, little old me, you know, kept trying to catch the bee. Eventually, I caught it, and, you know, I wouldn't even give y'all a chance to guess what happened, but, you know, we're older now, and chances are we already know that the bee stung me, or bit me, you know, as uh, Papa said would happen. Now, what happened because of the bee biting me? Did I listen to my granddaddy? I mean, I loved him. But I thought I knew better and, you know, that I was going to catch the bee. Well, I did catch the bee and the pain that ensued let me know to never try to catch a bee again. See, I learned by that pain. I learned by that suffering. I learned that my action of catching that bee had the consequence of my hand swelling and there being a lot of pain in it. Yeah, a lot for me, at least as a young child, I'm not saying that a bee sting doesn't hurt now, but, you know, as a child, things that, you know, seem to hurt a whole lot more then. But it still goes to the point that I learned by the pain, by the suffering that ensued. Now, I I have not tried to catch a bee since. Um, I have been stung since, but it's not because I was trying to catch it just to catch it. But the it it also you know when, when it comes to suffering, it also teaches patience because we want things and we want them right now due to the microwave society in which that we live. We want it. We want it now. We don't want to wait for anything. Well, we consider, you know, or we look at suffering that we suffer because we're not getting it now. We're having to wait. We're having to, you know, put off things. Yeah. We we consider that major suffering more times than not. The the whole woe is me and I have to wait upon this. So therefore the suffering that we endure, um, depending on whatever level we want to put on it or want to deal with, teaches us patience. You know, and I I notice this in my life that I have a lot more patience now. Am, am I always patient? No, I'm not. You know, I'm willing to admit my, my flaw there. But with, you know, the age that I am and the experience that I have now, I have a lot more patience than I did whenever I was much younger. Now, when it comes to certain things, I, I believe that my patience has lessened. You know, and, and I don't mean like as in learned something. I mean like the fuse is shorter and, you know, I'm, I'm quick to snap a lot quicker now. And that goes to the stress, you know, that we may have in our life because, you know, as we've learned, the stress makes that fuse a little bit shorter. And, you know, and, and I'm trying to get better about things like that, but it's like, oh, man, that, stuff like that just bothers me, and I can't stand the fact that some people do this, and they should obviously know better. And as I'm recording this, I'm thinking, 
you know, well, maybe they're having to, you know, go through the same thing that I did. Like, I knew it was wrong or hard or improbable 10 years ago. Well, maybe they're getting to it now, and it's like, oh, maybe they're learning the lesson that I learned 10 years ago. It's it's really hard to balance that because it is so difficult, you know, to... To, to want to tell them and and maybe they're the type of person that learns by doing by the experience and not just by reading or or who knows maybe by just reading at all and it goes to you know some people can read and take the class and you know look at the book and learn it that way and yet they totally fail whenever it comes to taking the written test however when it comes to actually applying what they've learned from reading and all they can apply it and, and they just may not be a good test taker and on the opposite side of that coin maybe the people cannot comprehend the things by reading and listening but instead learn by actually doing it 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 takes all kinds of people and we're all different when it comes to this and speaking again from experience I can learn some things by reading and, you know, studying. I can learn other things by actually doing and getting the experience. So it a lot depends on the situation. But no matter what it is that we're going through and how we actually learn when it comes to God and to God's will, it is the shaping aspect. It is Him you know, molding and pruning us, getting rid of all the waste, all the bad, all the impurities, and making us more pure, more righteous in his eyes. Now, like, like I've said, we're, we're slow to learn, but it's because, you know, we have so many different ways of learning, you know, that, that I've gone over, so I won't do that here again. But, you know, it's, that's a lot of the reason that I believe that we are slow to learn. Uh, the word affliction here, when it comes to the Hebrew language, has several different meanings. And, you know, here's, here's a few of them. Um, browbeaten, uh, depressed, troubled, and... You know, the one that really sticks out to me is both the browbeaten and chastened. Because as as a kid, whenever you do something and you get in trouble, you learn, you know, not to do that again for some of us. And, yeah, I, I could raise my hand here, but this is an audio thing, so you won't see me actually raising my hand. It takes you long to learn some things than it does others. For instance, you know, touching a fire, you know, something hot. You know, immediately, ooh, that hurts. Don't do it again. You know, or you may, you know, come to something else like, oh, don't spin a glass on the table or else it might shatter. Well, you could get told this 15, 20 times, and you keep doing it because nothing's happened, but whenever that glass shatters, and you look up like, uh, you realize, one, the glass is shattered. Two, they knew what they were saying. Three, I've got to clean this up. 
Four, they knew what they were saying. Five, there's shards of glass everywhere. Six, they knew what they were saying. You know, and, and it, the repetitive of them knowing what they were saying is like really sinks in that, uh, don't need to do that anymore. You know, and, and some of us keep doing that. Um, but it, it's all about being chastened or, or learning through the experience and through similar, you know, words that mean similar things there. Um, being in God and being in God's will helps us, helps us to deal with the affliction that, you know, can come from the world and from the condemnation of the world. But, you know, affliction is also self-imposed here because of we were told not to do it and we yet continue to do it. Um, go back to the memory that I shared where Papa told me not to catch a bee because it'll bite me and I called it and the bee bit me. You know, that was self-imposed affliction because I should have listened to Papa and it would never have happened yet I chose to ignore his experience and his advice from a loving role and thought that, you know, uh, that bee won't bite me, but yet the bee still bit me. That could have been avoided if I had only listened. The obedient walk of faith that each of us have whenever we are obedient and walk in the faith of God's will, it helps us to grow in the holiness into growing closer to God because we are not wandering off of the straight and narrow path. Instead, we are staying between the lines or between the ditches on either side of this narrow road walking in his holiness. The obedient walk, like I said earlier, helps us to learn because we are studying, we're learning, we're reading, we're listening, which is one of the main areas in which we have problems is actually listening to God because more times than not, we want to keep talking and talking and talking to God instead of shutting up and letting him talk to us you know this is something that we really need to practice on and to get in the habit of doing is listening to God we need to shut up and actually open up our ears to what God is saying he may not verbally speak you know, to us, but he is guiding us, and he speaks to us through his word. Let's move to verse 72 here, because we have, you know, these verses to to get through here. In Psalm 119, verse 72, the law of my thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver we usually want to measure someone's 
wealth, by gold, silver, by fame that they, you know, they have, uh, you know, actors, actresses, musicians, you know, roles and statuses like that. But verse 72 shows that God's laws and following them are more important than any kind of wealth that can be had or that can be found. I'm not saying that following God will not, you know, allow you to be blessed by, you know, a lot of wealth and fame because it does happen. Look at, you know, Tim Tebow, for existence, who, for, not existence, for an example, um, he, he's, he's wealthy, he's famous, I mean, he's a good athlete, God has really blessed him, and he is, you know, showing that it, you can have both of it as well. Some of us will not achieve this, you know, quote-unquote, richness until we get to heaven, but does that mean that we're not wealthy? here on earth no no it does not because we are rich in god we're rich in his will we are rich in his love and that's not really something that can be earthly measured you know using their um scale of wealth or fame or notoriety i guess is uh that um you know it's Following God and being in his will is, is better than any kind of material wealth or recognition that you can actually have while walking this earth. God molds us into what he wants us to be, you know, what we need to be and what he knows we need to be. Not what we think that we need to be, but what he has in mind and in store for us. He he molds us, you know, from by teaching, by shaping, by disciplining us. But it's not out of any sense of anger or resentment or, you know, any other word that you can think of that goes there. It all comes out of a four-letter word, and that is L-O-V-E. You know, all of that comes out of God's love. And... You know, it's it's really important that we understand and know and apply that all of it comes from God's love, not from any sense of, you know, eagerness or joy that he give, gets or receives from actually disciplining us, but that it is from, you know, pruning us and shaping us and making us more like him each and every time he has to snip this little bit away or cut that little bit away. Um, check out this verse as well from uh, Jeremiah 33 verse 6. Let, let's look at it here. Uh, o house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord, behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand. O house of Israel, 
And again, that is Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 6. See how God says that he is molding us and shaping us just like the potter does to the clay vase or the clay bowl or the clay pot. How he will get the impurities out and make the vessel, you know, perfect in his eyes. God is that potter and is molding us and shaping us, getting rid of the impurities to make us perfect in his eyes. Looking at um, verse 73 here of Psalm 119. Thy hands hath made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Again, that's Psalm 119, verse 73. As I mentioned earlier, pain is quite the teacher. You know, the child does not learn by you telling him that fire is going to hurt you when it burns you. He does not learn that the fire is hot and will burn you and cause injury. But yet, whenever he touches that hot iron or touches that hot flame or you know, anything that has been sucked into the fire, the child learns that fire causes pain and not to do that again. And another thing that's running through my mind here is like when you roast a marshmallow and it turns black, you know, which is just absolutely delicious, by the way, in case nobody has ever done that. You don't immediately put the marshmallow in your mouth you have been told that it's hot and to let it cool down at least a little bit before you pop it in your mouth. No. The child is going to let the marshmallow catch on fire, get black, and immediately stick it in their mouth as the marshmallow is still sizzling from the heat. After a couple of these times, you learn not to continue doing this. You know, love is also a teacher because the parent telling the child not to do it or, you know, back to my granddaddy telling me not to catch the bee. They were telling us this out of love, but yet do we listen? No. But then we realize that they were loving us and telling us the truth, so we listen to that and, you know, likely we listen to other things that they say as well. Especially the older that we get, you know, we learn uh, that they have experienced things and, you know, let's let them go through it and tell us about it so that we don't have to go through it. And that's what we're to do, you know, as as mentors or as Christians who have had, you know, have been Christians for a long time is helping others with the experiences that we have gone through. You know, and, and we, feel, we, we feel this pain and, and hurt from the conviction of the Holy Spirit whenever we do things that, you know, we know are wrong, that are going to be bad for us. We we feel that conviction and, you know, we, we say it's our conscience, but it's, it's the Holy Spirit telling us, that, oh, you shouldn't have done that, or, you know, or you don't need to do that, you know, but do we pay attention? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, but whenever we are convicted by the Holy Spirit, while it does hurt us and cause us some pain, we need to know and remember that it is out of love. You know, that we're being pruned and shaped out of love. Gold is refined in a fire. 
it burns away the impurities. It gets rid of them. You clip grapevines, you know, to getting away the dead branches and the shoots that aren't going to produce or that don't produce. It causes the plant some pain as it will, quote-unquote, bleed. But you're doing it out of love because you want the plant to survive and to produce. God does it out of love because he wants us to produce, to witness, to lead others to know him. Like I said, it's part, it's because he wants to mold us and shape us. He wants to, to get rid of the impurities in our lives. He, he does this, his hands are filled with love and compassion, and he does not do this out of any sense of being spiteful. And understanding of this is something that we need to desire to have more of, which is one of the reasons behind this podcast is to help, you know, not only myself grow closer and to learn, but to also spread this knowledge to others, which is why I'm such a proponent and person that asks for you to share this podcast. Not because I want large numbers, you know, for my own sake, but because I know that each listen is one person that I know has heard the word of God. You know, and we know that this pruning and and all comes from listening and reading and studying and, you know, and, and again, and I reiterate this so much because the love factor here is so terribly important for us to understand, to comprehend, and to apply to our lives. They that fear thee will be glad when they see me because I have hoped in thy word. Psalm 119, verse 74. And, and we're getting near the end here, so I'm not going to try to keep you too long today. Uh, this podcast is likely going to be a little bit longer than normal ones. Because as I was reading over this and studying, I really wanted all of these verses because they, they build off of one another here. The fear mentioned here in verse 74 is a fear of respect. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts, the fear of awe and respect and humble adoration of God, knowing that he can do this and knowing that he does that and knowing that it's all because of his perfect will and his perfect love for us. The hope that the psalmist here has is one of those that we need to have. We need to hope in Christ, hope in the Lord that you know, wanting him to help us and to make us better people so that we can spread the love and witness to others about what God and Jesus have done in our lives. The The hope indicates here the the learning and, and the knowledge of God. And while we will not know everything about God, we can learn and share our experiences to others and help them grow closer to God as we also grow closer to God. You know, um, all of this comes, like I've said, from the molding and shaping. So, 
you know, don't forget that image of the potter and the clay because that is so important because we are that vessel that is being shaped and molded into the perfect vessel for God, which we will achieve once we, you know, join in um, the eternal kingdom with Jesus and God. Yeah, it's it's basically like like I've said, we learn from our experiences, so we share those, and hopefully others will listen and apply our experience to their life and learn. The hope is resting and living in God's word. It's not such an easy thing to do in this life, in this world, because of the condemnation, because of the ridicule, because of you know everything else that the world condemns us Christians for. Because it's okay to, you know, be a transgender now. It's okay to be a homosexual now. It's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. When, according to God's word, none of that is the case. Because while the world thinks it's okay for you to be a transgender, you know, such as a male going to be a woman because they feel that God made a mistake and they should be a woman. Well, God didn't make any mistakes because if he did, that brings the whole entire Bible, his whole entire work, his whole entire will in to question. And God's righteous, God is pure, God is holy, holy, holy. Therefore, God didn't make a mistake. God cannot make a mistake. You know, while at the time we may not see the truth, we may not see the experience as a good thing, you know, because it's rough and we think that, you know, everything is against us later in life. And it could be as little as the next day or week or year, you know, that the time frame is different for everybody else, you know, or for everybody. We look back and see that, you know, our experience has helped us grow. It has helped us be better. You know, when you look back, you see what it has done where you have journeyed from. I know, O oh Lord, that thy judgments are right, and that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. That's Psalm 119, verse 75, and it goes back to the affliction is out of love, and it's out of the molding and shaping, because God wants us to be better and more like him than what we are and hopefully after listening to this and you know reading and studying you're at least a little bit better a little progress is still progress and those of us that rest in God know that things happen because they are in God's will or it is God's will that those things happen and that God, like I've said before, has our best interests at heart. It's the whole, you know, Father knows best um, mentality. 
or actual life experience because God actually does know best. We may think that we know best, but that's never the case. You know, God truly knows and does what is best for each and every one of us. We know that his judgments are right. We know that his judgments are pure. And I reiterate this again. We know that God's judgments are out of love. This all showcases God's perfect nature. I go back to saying he cannot make a mistake. None of God's judgments or afflictions on us are out of accident. They, they're not misaligned. They're not anything but perfect. They're not less than perfect. They are absolutely perfect. And while the wrestler may have been called Mr. Perfect, he would make botches and mess up certain moves. Not many, granted, but it still happened. God never messes anything up. His ruling, or God's ruling, I mean, is never anything less than absolute 100%. God is never without fault. We can all take comfort in knowing that whatever happens is happening because it is in God's will, and he, like always, has our best interests at heart. It is impossible for God to be wrong. It is impossible for God to make a mistake. It is impossible for God to be anything less than perfect. When you're struggling with stress, when you're struggling with things like this, struggling with whatever it is that you're going through, know that God has you. He's holding you. He's there to comfort you. Read your Bible and he will speak to you. God loves you forever and for always. God bless each and every one of you. Hey. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You know, it means a lot to me. I just ask that you please like, share, rate, review, and if you want to keep up with each and every one of the podcasts, be sure to subscribe as well. You can visit us on the web at www.620lifepodcast.com. Again, that's www620 L-I-F-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com.